You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo, and I am so excited to be launching the first episode of this podcast. I wanted to begin this first season with an interview of me. Now, I don't mean for that to sound conceited at all, but I believe that because I'm going to be the host on the majority of the upcoming episodes, I really want you all to get to know me a little bit, kind of find out who Alex Sanfilippo is and what value I add to you and to the Creating a Brand community. So I wanted to start off with me getting interviewed to get to know my heart and who I really am. So I want to talk about how I went from someone who was just a dreamer to a high achiever. For a long time, I was stuck in a place of just dreaming about what my life could be, but never taking any actionable steps to take it anywhere until one day I decided it was time to begin achieving. I'm going to share that journey and story with you and kind of just a little bit of who I am at the core. And I believe it's really going to add value to you. And again, I'm so excited about this show and this being the first episode. Obviously, I'm not going to be sitting there asking myself questions. That would be very strange. So I brought on a co-host. Her name is Amy West. You can learn more about her at amywesttravel.com. And she's kind enough to be on a few different episodes throughout the first season, but she's going to also interview me in this episode one. So let's go ahead and jump to Amy's interview with me right now. All right, Alex, welcome. Thank you. We're so official now. We're interviewing each other. I know. Come on. (laughs) I'm excited. So from the time I met you, it was pretty clear that you know what's going on. You (laughs) set goals. You achieve them. I don't take lightly the kind of people that I partner with or go into business with. Mm -hmm. Partnerships can be very tricky, but there's something about you that I saw and said everything this man touches turns into gold, A, but is successful. You believe in living the life of a high achiever. Mm -hmm. What's behind all that? How did you get to this point? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a journey. I'll share some of my life to kind of lead up that. Yeah, absolutely. At a young age, I discovered that I'm not good at things that normal people are good at. Mm -hmm. So example, I wasn't an athlete growing up. I played sports, but I wasn't good at them. And I also wasn't good at video games. Okay. There's nowhere more awkward to be than between those two things. <laughs> like you have to be good at one or the other, right? So there I was I kind of like, man, what do I do? And I was okay with people. I made friends somewhat easily, but still kind of just a weird kid. So mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to do with my life. And then I turned 10 or 11. I'm not saying I figured out what to do with my life at that age, but I decided that all the kids in the neighborhood were selling lemonade all the time. I'm like 25 cents for lemonade. Like how, how many hours are they working? I was doing the math. I'm like, that's not worth it. I was okay. like, there's gotta be a better idea out here. So we lived on a golf course or in a neighborhood with a golf course, I should say. And uh, me and some friends, I got them together. I'm like, hey, we're going to start getting these golf balls that we watch all these golfers hit in the lake and sell them back to them. Let's see what we can do. So a normal kid at the age of 10 or 11, they were making $5 on a Saturday, Saturday morning, you know, just mm-hmm. enough for the candy. Me and my friends, we averaged $100 a Saturday each in four hours. Wow. Yeah, we crushed it. So The you know, young entrepreneur <laughs> there was. was born. A star is born. <laughs> there entrepreneur <it> was. <laughs> version. Yes. Yeah, so after that, I needed to focus on school. I got a little older. And then, you know, you're not cute kids anymore. You can't really sell golf balls. They're kind of like, what do you want, man? That was mine. Give it back. <laughs> you know, like it has my initials on it. Uh, we actually had regulars that would come by and like, we knew what their initials looked like. So we'd put them all aside for them. Wow. You had home. a process and procedure in order. We did. Yes. But anyway, at that age, I mean, yeah, I was young and not saying that that was like my life calling or anything, but I discovered I was actually good at business. Like I was actually good at negotiating. I was good at sales. I could figure out how to make it run and set up a system. And I figured that out again, a really young age. So I always knew I wanted to go into business. I started focusing on school because 
I was high school age. I needed to really focus. But when I was in 11th grade, I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I'm not great at school. Like I wasn't really that great. I was a decent student. I tried really hard, but I just got average grades. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing something on the side as well. So I started a business in real estate. I was actually doing virtual tours of homes. So I owned a company that had four photographers and three editors. And what we were doing is actually creating virtual tours, the 365 degree pictures, you know, that you wow. can kind of like move around. It was very so at that point, innovative. Yeah. At that point, it was very innovative. We were one of the few companies in the United States doing it. Extremely successful. Wow. So I actually ended up becoming very passionate about real estate because I was like seeing it all the time, you know, like I wasn't buying these places. But I was asking the photographers. I found myself always being like, hey, what was that room in that house? Why did they have that there? Did they have like a permit for that? What is that? Like, did that add to the square footage? You know, I was always asking mm. like, why that one have more bathrooms than the one right next door to it? I found myself asking these questions. I decided, you know, I became passionate about real estate. I'm like, I want to invest. So I turned 18 and I decided I'm going to start investing in real estate. So I did. Very quickly, I developed a dream at the age of 18, I'd say, that I wanted to be on the list, which I don't remember what magazine or website it was, but there was a place where I had the most successful under 30. And I was like, I'm going to be on that list for sure. Yeah. So at 18, I had a very good job. I had owned my own company and sold it. And I also had rental properties now. So I was invested in real estate. And then 2007 happened. Uh, yep. I'm real familiar with that one too. Yes. So uh, <laughs> some of you might not be, but if you owned real estate at that point, you were now doing really bad. Not good. No matter how good you were doing before that. So I ended up going from well on my way to believing that I was going to be one of these most successful under 30 to now being to my eyeballs in debt. More wow. debt than I could imagine that I could do with. And the problem was when I went to the, you know, I went to the government. I'm like, okay, what kind of options do I have? What can I do here? I was making too much money in my day job to be able to qualify for any sort of support or help. Mm. Long story short, it took me 10 years to get back to zero. That put me at around 28. Wow. So I fell behind pretty quick, right? You know? That was a major lesson learned. I can relate. Yeah. Anyone who had real estate can, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm telling you quite a few details about my life. But during that time is when I really feel that I learned and understood business. I think that early on success would have really poisoned my mind quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I would have never sat down and grinded the way that I should have to learn what it truly meant to be successful in life. And during those years where I was you know, basically forced to have a job because I needed to pay my bills. I had a lot of bills. I had a lot of debt at that point. Wow. I really needed to do it. I learned more about business during that time than I ever did when I was younger, even owning my own businesses, even doing real estate investing, anything like that. Yeah, I just figured out how am I going to get out of this? And I set goals and I was very specific. And I think the reason I succeeded is because they had to be long-term goals. There was no get out of this in one year. I had a 15-year plan. I did it in 10. But I had to sit down for 10 years knowing this is the discipline I have to have. This is what's going to lead me to where I'm going. Wow. And for a lot of people, I think that could feel like a prison. But instead, you took that and learned from it. And now you understand how to have the long game in mind. Absolutely. I think initially it did. I think I was a little bit bitter about my life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I found myself at 19, I think is what it was. Just kind of like, man, this sucks. This shouldn't have happened to me. Like I was doing really well, but I got over that. You have to get over that. Like yeah. life happens. Your job is to respond. I can't control outside factors. All I can control is my response to what happens to me. Yeah. And once I learned that, I realized that, you know what? No, I'm. this is what I've been handed. I'm going to do the best I can with what I have and where I've been placed. Very wise words. Thank you. So what was next? After that, I uh, got out of debt. So I, I have zero debt now, which is and great. And you had a big party. 
I did. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'm Get like, out of debt party. Yeah, I'm like looking, I'm thinking back, I'm like, were you at this party? I'm like, I don't remember having a party. I don't think I did. No. I should have. We'll um, have a party for you now. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Yeah, so I just began deciding, like, once I was out of debt, I was like, you know what, I want to get back into doing some business. And at that point, my wife had been wanting to start her own women's clothing boutique. I wanted to support her in doing that. So we were able to get her started. She has a very successful business now, great storefront and one of the most prime locations in town. Yes, it's beautiful. I've been there. Yeah, so she loves it. She's having a great time with it. For me, part of being successful in life is enabling my wife to do what she wants to do with her life. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really important piece. So, And um, yeah, so now I'm kind of focused on doing my thing. So I got into coaching, which we've talked about before. Yeah. So I did a lot of business coaching. Again, just being in that grind for those 10 painful years of trying to get out of debt, I learned quite a few things and I, I took them all to heart. I've been doing a lot of coaching and recently rebranded to creating a brand, which is to help people on a much bigger level. Because the one thing I realized about coaching is it wasn't scalable for me. And I love helping people. Like there's one thing that I'm passionate about want to do in life. It's help other people. Yeah, you speak at a lot of events. What type of topics are you speaking about when you travel and speak at conferences and have special appearances? Similar to my coaching, a lot of it will just be general business. So I'll kind of go with that or being a high achiever is another one. So talking Mm -hmm. about like how to achieve more, how to set goals, those type of things. But I've really gotten more specifically into WordPress as well. Yeah. SEO, anything that has to do with with social media. And these are not light topics. SEO and WordPress are very complex. They can be. And like Greek to a lot of us. Absolutely. Myself included, who's been dealing with SEO and WordPress for the last almost decade. So I'm learning from you in that way as well. And and it's quite impressive. The way that you became good at SEO and WordPress is you have your own blog. Correct. Yeah. That was one of my projects that I decided to do years ago. I think it was about five years ago I launched this. It's a multi-author blog. We have over 100 authors now. It's all faith-based. We really write about our faith is a lot of what we do. So um, anything that's helping, encouraging people, that's what we're all about. And we love that. And yeah, I realized real quick that, okay, I'm not getting a lot of traffic. Why am I not getting a lot of traffic? And I just decided to start problem solving. So I just went from problem to problem and then realized there's something called SEO. I need to really figure this out. I need to understand how to use WordPress well. So yeah, that was something that I've been doing for a long time now. We're actually in year six right now, and that's gone really well. I thoroughly enjoy it. I have a great team that really runs it for me at this point, but I stay focused on the SEO side and getting us extended exposure. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people would be really intimidated to speak in front of crowds. What do you think that it is that makes you so confident at it? It's funny. I can remember the first time I got asked to speak somewhere and I was getting ready to walk out onto stage and I had my wife there. She was like, oh, I want to hear you speak. I've never heard you speak before. And I was like, well, neither have I. You know? so I was like, this, this makes <laughs> surprise, too much. Surprise. So I was getting ready to walk out. I had like three minutes left. I'm like, I just remember like kind of freezing for a second. I'm like, how am I here? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I never thought I would be doing this. Like nothing in my journey in life that I think would ever lead me here. I think that I'll give it up to courage because mm-hmm. we're all scared. Like fear is, is real. And it's something that we all kind of feel from time to time, right? Yeah. And I just remember a quote going through my head, which was, courage means being afraid, but they're doing what you have to do anyway. Mm. I knew that I had a message that people needed to hear. This was the first time I walked on stage, but I knew that I had something that would help people. I needed to get out there and do it. So I just got out there and and made it happen. You were passionate. You were driven from the heart and your motives were beyond yourself. Absolutely. Those are really key components. I think I find it interesting. A lot of times I'll share with people what I do and Mm -hmm. sometimes people have even been as bold to say things as like, oh, I could do that. Like, well, why aren't you? You always love those people, right? I do. 
And my question to them is, uh, yeah, why aren't you? You know, the difference between me and that person is not that I am more successful at it or better than them or more talented. It's just that I just did it. Right, yeah. You know, so we all have that capability, but it is having the courage to overcome your own sense of inadequacy or your own insecurities or maybe having a purpose and a meaning that's higher than yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That gives you courage to do it. If you're thinking, oh, it's not I'm not doing it just for me. I'm doing it for all these people. Yeah. Actually, I'll give you my ultimate secret to overcoming fear when you're going to speak or Ooh, do anything okay. really. You ready? This, this is it. In those moments when you feel scared or like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. You have to remember that you're doing it for other people, not for yourself. Mm. The second you start getting nervous or feeling scared, it means you're making it about you instead of about them. I say this every time right before I walk on stage because you're always going to feel nervous in that moment. When someone's like announcing you like you're getting ready to walk up, it's scary no matter where you're at. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm just ready to start talking. But in that moment, always, and sometimes I even say out loud, Alex, I'm doing this for them, not for myself. And as soon as I remember that, it's an instant calmer because it's like... I go from, okay, I got to really do well. I got to do a really good job. I got to make sure that I execute it well. I want to get business from this, blah, blah, blah. All those different things that run through our minds, they're all wrong thinking. If at the end of the day, I'm walking up there saying, I want to change one person's life. I want to add value. I want someone to leave here different than the way they came. It takes all the pressure off of you. The mm. pressure is now on how can I make this the best experience for that other person? And how can I really just help them further in their life? The truth is no one cares if you make a little mistake. If you stumble over your words... If you kind of go off topic from it or have to look at your notes, no one no one really cares at no. that. The people that you're helping don't, at least. You might have some critics in the room who are like, oh, I can't believe they had to look at their notes. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, if you're there to help that one person that needs it, they're going to look past all that anyway because they're looking for the value that you're able to add to them. Yeah, so true. That's my like ultimate tip That's for you. That's an there. excellent nugget. Thank you for yeah, that treasure. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. There's always going to be critics out there. And I tell people it's a little less maybe noble than what you've just said. But when I go on air and I know other people who are going to go on TV, I tell them, I said, you know, people just want to watch and see that you're their friend, that you're their best friend. And they want to be entertained by the conversation that you're having. The facts that you have to give are really a side note Hmm. to the connection that they want to make with you. And so in a similar fashion, again, it's it's not about you. And we all, I think, get so self-consumed about that. Yeah, we're not even talking about public speaking here, but these are great Yeah, I know, right? Really Bunny Trail, we were yeah. talking about there's some good things that can be found on Bunny Trails. Absolutely. And here, and here we are today with creating a brand. And so I can see that you've been able to scale your care and concern for other people and growing their business and helping them and maybe helping them avoid some of the same pitfalls and mistakes that you've made. And now we have this community where we can do that and help people in a larger scale. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's not just, you know, one-on-one call. I can do eight of those a day, right? Eight one hour calls. Mm-hmm. That's a, so I can help eight people a day that way. But when you have it in community format, one, you can make it more affordable and you can help the masses. The reason I even wanted to do this, we talked about it like six months ago, I think is when we were like, we're, we're converting this, we're doing this together. We're going to business together. We're making it happen. Yeah. But at that same time, someone was talking to me that I was doing some coaching with. They had just finished spending 14 grand on a marketing campaign and they Ooh. didn't have a product yet. Wow. They were just getting exposure for the business. I'm like, no, that's the yeah. wrong order. Like, Same. You ha- like, that's the wrong order. When I did I my show, them. I spent $5,000 on a oh, business goodness. manager who didn't manage my business. So wow. yeah, I've been I've been in the same place. Yeah, yeah. hopefully we can help people save money and, and grow and, and learn from what we've learned. Yeah. So moving into some of the questions that I have for you, you know, yeah. you're talking a lot about success and succeeding. You've had pitfalls. You've had mountaintop experiences. How do you define success and succeeding? That is a big question. Yeah. I, I like a big question. <laughs> I can tell you one thing that success is not, 
real quick. I can start with that. And I always like to start with it's this. It's a good starting it's, place. It's not money. And I think a lot of people think money or even possessions. That's I the can, first thing I think. I can hear many minds being blown. Yeah, right people now. are like, what do you mean? So <laughs> it's not the car you drive. It's not how much money you have in the bank. It's not how big your company is. That's not success. Success is actually a mindset that we have to develop. Um, the people that I truly believe are most successful in life are the people that are the happiest in life. They seem to enjoy what they have going on. Even when they're going through bad times, you can tell they're still a solid rock. Mm. And when you see that, that's someone that's truly successful. So it's really a mindset more than anything. Wow. I know some people that are financially and in an area of possession, extremely, extremely well off, but they're some of the most bitter, angry, just dissatisfied people I've ever met. And that's not success. Mm -hmm. Success, again, goes back to a mindset. And it starts with you being fine with who you are and really being confident in that person and then knowing the direction you're going. Mm. It's all a mindset from there. So if creating a brand never takes off, it's not going to change my level of success because my success is a mental perspective. Yeah. I know what it's like to fail. I know what it's like to succeed. But true success cannot be taken from me because it's just who I am at my core. Wow. It's all up here. It's all... Yeah. It's a mentality. That's a different answer to the question I think that most people get, right? It's refreshing. Yeah. To be quite honest, because I feel the same way. I would be much more inclined. I think, I think it's important to be honored for your value. So that's where I think that getting paid for certain things is important. But mm -hmm. I think I'm more motivated when I'm volunteering for something that I just enjoy doing than right. when I'm getting paid lots of zeros. You know, right. yeah. I just find success is not defined by money and money cannot buy happiness. So mm -hmm. what really have you achieved if you have all the money, but you're not happy? And so it starts with the heart and the head being in the right place in your mind and in your heart. Right. Yeah, I think right along with that, like the culture you set for yourself as a human and that you set for your standards, like what, what you're going to do with your time in your life. At the end of the day, like all of us are going to die one day. And let's just imagine we have a tombstone. Do you want to say this guy had a lot of money, a lot of cool cars, no. or this person lived to help people? Because yeah. that's what my life is all about. So when I measure my level of success, it's how am I doing to really help people? Am I changing people's lives? Am I making people live a life that they want to and it's just better for them? That in my mind, that's me succeeding. Yeah. Who's going to miss you? Yeah, that's, that's really that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, let's, that's a good question. <laughs> let's be let's go high. Yeah. Um, so you're, you know, believe in success and in achievement. How do you become a high achiever? What does that mean? Yeah, being a high achiever, I think, means a lot of things. But really, it means being intentional with your life. So it all starts with intentionality. Like when you wake up in the morning, do you have a plan for what you're going to do that day? Mm. And does that plan fit into a bigger plan that you have for that week, that month, that quarter, that year? That's the way that my mind works. And just knowing that everything I'm doing is going toward that. Now, that doesn't mean I don't sit down and have fun. I watch Netflix. I'm going to be the first to admit it. You know, like I make time for that stuff. <laughs> you have time for that? You're not working until yeah, like right? late at night? No, not at all. I have a very good balance. But the thing is, I don't prioritize that. I prioritize being an achiever. And yeah. then that's the bonus. So at the end of the day, if I've been lazy all day and not getting stuff done, it doesn't. I'm not going to sit down and watch TV for an hour. Like it's right. not going to happen. I'm like, all right, I need to get caught up because I am a little bit behind right now. Yeah. So being a high achiever kind of is a mindset as well, but really it comes down to your self-discipline and just being intentional with your life, saying this is the direction I want to go in, this is the business I'm creating, or this is the lifestyle I want to live, and then going after it. The number of people creating brands is increasing more rapidly than ever before. Whether it's a personal brand, product, or service, more entrepreneurs are getting started today than any other time in history. Although these are exciting times, there is a problem. The problem is that most people don't know where to begin. And as a result, they end up wasting a lot of time and money on products and services that they just don't need. Wouldn't it be great to have a guide to help you save time and money instead of wasting it? 
Well, there is a solution for you. It's called the Creating a Brand Community. The Creating a Brand Community is your digital mastermind or tribe. It's a network full of entrepreneurs devoted to helping each other succeed. We all help each other by sharing our experiences, recommendations, and discoveries along the way. As we like to say it, our goal is community collaboration focused on helping your brand succeed. The Creating a Brand Community operates on our own social media platform. That's right, it's not another Facebook group. Our desktop site and mobile app feature online courses, focus groups and topical discussion along with live digital events and in-person events and exclusive content all focused around the development and success of your brand. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, please join at creatingabrand.com. It takes less than three minutes to get set up and become part of this community of successful entrepreneurs. When you join, please message me within the community, Alex Sanfilippo. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. You talked about the power of intention. You know, a few years ago, that book, The Secret, was really big. And then the whole idea of calling things forth. Do you believe in that? Like, if you set your intention, do you find that things tend to happen with or without your help? They can. I mean, I think that when you're focused on something, it seems to happen, right? Yeah. When people are focused on getting healthy, they seem to get healthier. When you're focused on losing weight, you tend to lose weight. It's just kind of the general direction that your mind is focused in. You're going to naturally go that way. Yeah. I think a lot of us, we run aimlessly. So we don't have a plan. We just kind of let our bodies go on autopilot. And then 10 years later, we wake up and we're out of shape or we don't have any money. And we're like, mm-hmm. what happened? How did I get here? And it's, well, you weren't intentional. You weren't focused in a certain direction. So life happened. Like yeah. this is just what happens. And with intention comes goals. I think if you have a goal, you... It's my favorite word. <laughs> I'm with you. That comes back to my homeschooling. Every day I had a goal of how many oh, pages I had to accomplish, yeah, right? Yeah. So like goals are so important to myself as well. Let's talk about the importance of goals in your life. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's how you stay intentional. That's how you're a high achiever. That's how you succeed is you set goals. The goals are set on multiple levels. So for me, I don't do like a five-year plan. At most, I do a year because life is so variable. Everything could change for me tomorrow. Yeah. And then, do you think that's dangerous to set goals too far, like I, a five-year? I think it can get us too much of a narrow focus where you won't see a small opportunity today because you're focused five years from now. Right. At the same time, it can be very healthy. So mm-hmm. um, like for me, I do focus like long-term, but I call it, I just came up with this and it's kind of dorky or whatever, but I call it like my <laughs> AKA capacity expansion plan. So I want to increase my ability, so mental and physical. I want to grow in knowledge, so my wisdom, faith, and technical understanding, and my ability, time, resources, financial, anything like that. That's my five-year plan is to increase in those three areas. Right. So it's not specific at all, but at the end of the day, if something comes up, a great opportunity in four years from now, I want to have the ability, the knowledge, and the availability to actually act on it. So so smart. It's carving out time and energy is what it's doing. And I like that it's bigger in in a way that is achievable regardless of what happens and what possible opportunities come that you walk into. You know, I've heard people, they talk about, oh, I wrote this letter to myself when I was in fifth grade and all of that stuff came to pass. It's pretty cool. It is cool. I think John Legend just shared something on an interview nice, I watched okay. him on. He did a similar thing. And I think those are awesome. But I also think that life does have variables. And what would happen if you were just so set on things happening the way you thought or planned they were and mm. you missed a really valuable opportunity because it didn't seem to fit into that plan? Man, it would be sad if you never knew where that took you because I've had a few right. of those opportunities that have popped up, this one included. We just met for lunch. Hey, well, there seems to be some synergy here. What what could happen? And then it 
created a whole new opportunity that I had never even dreamed of, mm -hmm. other than the fact that I thought doing a podcast one day would be cool. Right. So if you deny your ability to walk down those paths, what really would you miss? So I like this idea of setting goals that are achievable in the broad scale of things, but not limiting you on your opportunities. Yeah. And you talked about in our last episode, you talked about micro goals. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal. So for me, having those yearly goals is great. But it's like you use the example of a watermelon. Like it's like looking at a whole watermelon saying you have to swallow the whole thing. And you're like, can't be done, right? Right. So you look at these yearly goals. You're like, there's no way I can achieve this. But you take it piece by piece and it's doable at that point. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to say, what can I do today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know what's going to happen next week. But today I can do yes. this one thing. I actually keep it really simple. There's a lot of high achievers out there and people that are big names in the goal world, like how to set goals and stuff. And a lot of their techniques are great. Don't get me wrong. It works for them. It doesn't work for me. So mm -hmm. I have my yearly goal, but then I have a monthly goal and then a daily goal. And I don't have anything past that. That's I don't great. have like a, I think Michael Hyatt, he's one of the guys I respect the most, but he does like something called a big three. So it's a big three things you need to do every day. It didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And you know, I used to be like, I want to be Michael Hyatt. He's cool. But at the end of the day, it's actually something he said. He's like, you're not me. Don't pretend to be me. You have your own path. And he was the guy who actually said, I'm like, he's absolutely right because this wow. is not working for me. Wow, wise guy. Yeah. So I set the goals my own way. And as a matter of fact, I even got rid of using goals, like actually putting my daily goals on my phone. I actually have a written checklist every day. It's like a little book I carry around. Really? It's got, yeah, it's got like 365 pages and it all it's You don't so keep simple. it on your notes on your phone? No. And I know I'm a technology guy, right? But I just found the act of actually checking physically something off a list does something in my mind. It's therapeutic, isn't it? Yes, it is. So I actually, I used to keep it on my phone and I went back to actually having this on a piece of paper and it has worked so well for me. Wow. That's a big one. Yeah. It's funny in, in my life, I usually do have like a to-do list am I along mm -hmm. on my phone and it just really ends up turning into what three fires do I have to put out today? Right. It often <laughs> it's does not even that. like what I yeah. want to do. It's like what I have to do. Otherwise, life will fail. Yeah. Um, but that's a dramatic you. interpretation of that. So so you're the gadget guy. You just said you're like, that, yeah, yeah. Right? you're keeping a paper, a paper to do I walk around it everywhere. You know, in the aerospace, that's where my primary job still. People were like, what is that? I'm like, it's my, my notebook. You know, it's my <laughs> notebook. they laugh at you? All of them laugh at like, Some of them, they're just like, man, you like, you're completely paperless. Like as I, I am, if you look yeah. at my desk, there's not a piece of paper on it ever. Everything, I'm 100% paperless, but I carry this notebook around with me. Do you go back and look at like prior days of like, look at all I the do. things I got done? Yes, I do. And I'll actually, once a week, I do a reflection time where I'll go back and see what did I constantly missed or what mm. did I consistently actually complete? And sometimes there's some overlap. I have a few things, which we'll get into later in this talk, but there's a few things I have on my list every single day. And okay. they're supposed to be repeated. But if I go back on a on a Sunday morning, I look, I missed it for the five days. I need to sit down and think about maybe tweaking that. There's mm. something not working. Are you procrastinating? Are you avoiding it? Is there something men like yes a mental block? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you just need to take that off your list. Right, exactly. Unless it's like a spiritual or like relational thing. Yeah, yeah of course. Speaking of technology... Do you have any tips or advice or like really cool tech that you use that helps you accomplish your goals? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. There's a lot of things. Like I said, I use like that hand, like actually a piece of paper for my goals and stuff like that now day to day. But the computer has helped me a lot and the phone has helped me a lot. I have a lot of respect for both and what they can actually do for you. So one thing that I do is I like to post on different social media outlets. I like to do it every day, but it doesn't always fit my goals for the day. Mm -hmm. I know what I can handle in a day and I can't handle sitting around and doing those posts every day. So I use like an app called Buffer. Okay. And um, it's just a scheduling app. So I'm actually able to pick some time. So I'll set aside an hour a week where I just create content for the next week. 
and it'll automatically post for me. Great. So it keeps me focused. So that's buffer. So it goes all the way through. Like if you plan something for Instagram, you don't have to open the app and, and no. do it yourself. It just automatically yep. posts for you. Wow, yeah. that's great. It is great. Yep. So it, it works really good. So I use it on all social media because again, in aerospace, LinkedIn is really big for aerospace right now. So I'm posting on there every day as well. But so I think I post on 12 different social media accounts every day. I spend an hour a week doing that. Wow. And is Buffer something you have to pay for? There's a free version, which is good for most people. If you're wanting to run like 12 accounts, you're going to end up paying for it. But sure. they're they're really honestly pretty fair. So, But okay. the, the free version, I used it for like the first two years and it was fine. And it's it an no app or a desktop? Both. Great. Yeah, both. So I end up using my desktop a lot more to do that. But sometimes I'll be like at a conference listening to someone speak and they say something great. Instead of just like writing it down and going back to the computer later and posting, I'll just open the buffer app and go ahead and schedule it. It'll go Done. live three weeks later, you know, or whatever so it is. So smooth. Yeah, it works great. So that's a really good tool that's helped me out a lot. That's in regards to delegation. Like you have to delegate the things that you know are not going to drive your closer to your goals. And I know right now that actually sitting and spending time on all those different social media elements is a bad use of my time. So I needed to delegate it. So I found a way to make that happen. Very smart. And that's a really good thing. Another thing, I love continued education. By nature, I'm a learner. I learn really quick. I learn things that I love to learn and I get a pretty good understanding of them. So I've set aside daily time for education. What I used to do is I'd go to, I believe it's 35 different websites and I'd manually go to each and see if there's any articles I wanted to read. That's a lot. It is a lot. You know, I just had them all saved. I wasn't reading them every day. Like I'll find like three or four out of all of them I want to read, but I was spending a lot of time on it. And then I found a program, which this one is free. There's a paid version. I don't know what it gives you, but it's called Feedly. Okay. Feedly.com. And what it does is actually just makes it look like an Instagram feed of articles. So you pick which websites you want to follow and then it just lists them all at the end. At the bottom, you just hit... Um, like clear or something like that. And then they're gone. So the next day when you get on, it just shows you the ones that were just recently posted. Oh, I'm definitely going to use that one. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I can see you look, looking around to write it down. I'll, I'll tell you again. Later. Yeah, like, you'll tell me feedly. later. Feedly.com. Like, yeah. My mind is blown. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, it's I fantastic. Like it saves so much time when I'm searching for those educational elements that I need to keep up with. Now they're just right there. Okay. Uh, right along with that, I do that on my phone. And if you have an iPhone, believe it or not, a lot of people don't know this, there's a way to make your iPhone read to you, a web page. Oh. So you go to reader, uh, I think it's, what is it, reader friendly version or something like that of a web page. And then you just swipe down with two fingers and it'll read the whole web page for you. Siri will read it for you. Yes. Whichever accent you have her read. Yeah. What <laughs> accent do you use? It's just the normal one. My husband has the Aussie one, though. I did that, but I figured out that it expects you to have that same accent. So it doesn't understand you. Oh, really? So because I had on there, I'm like, this thing doesn't understand me ever. And then I realized it's because it expects me to also be Australian. So again, or at least an blown. old version of that. Okay. It, that might have been an older version because I looked it up. That's I told funny. my wife, I'm like, I don't understand why this thing doesn't understand she, a word I said. Well, so. listen, I speak the same language as Siri and she still never listens to me. So All right. I'm Apple's, a little bitter. Apple's going to call us. We say too much more. Um, <laughs> no, but so I, I'll let it talk to me while I'm driving. So like I'll get in the car, I'll just kind of, you know, plug in my phone and then I'll just let it run through all these articles. So I have a 15 minute drive. I can usually listen to three of them there. I maybe have five a day. So I get home, I listen to two more and I'm good to go. And that's my education for the day. I'll go back and re-listen to if they're really good or actually do some writing on it. Okay. That saved me a ton of time from looking at things like that. I like it because yeah. I've been trying to figure out where I'm supposed to fit all this reading I'm supposed to do. Yeah. It doesn't fit very well into my day. Podcasts and stuff, you know, you can listen to in the car. So it's nice to know you can also have these articles read to you. That's right. a great one. Oh, it helps out a lot. I have a, many more things I can mention for the sake of time. Well, speaking yeah. of time, well, let's talk about time management. Okay. You know, it sounds like you're really good at it when you're having Siri read articles to you and you're outsourcing things. Do you have any more tips in regards to how you manage your time? Yeah, I, I think you have to sit back and evaluate your time. Budgeting is becoming pretty popular these days. For a mm-hmm. while, it really wasn't. People were realizing they need to save money. And the truth is, having a budget financially 
is not putting you in a place of bondage, but a place of freedom. Mm. So, because if you're not budging your money, you don't know how much you have. You don't know where you're at with your spending until your credit card says you can't anymore. Right. Or until you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm out for the month. Like, I don't have anything left. That's a place of bondage. But when you budget, you're in control of your money. Wow. But we look at our time so different, don't we? Like, we I think do. I think a lot of us, we don't look at it that same way, but it's no different. Our yeah. time, it should be budgeted the same way. I've been very, very intentional with my time. I use my calendar almost religiously. But I make sure that everything's on the calendar because I don't want to get halfway through my day and be like, all right, what did I do today? Like, I want to know. your calendar on your phone, though, right? It is, It's yes. not a paper calendar. Let's be clear. <laughs> yes. No. I It, it syncs from my <laughs> from my computer to my iPhone yeah. to everywhere. To I'm my a watch. big fan of the syncing capacity. Yes, absolutely. That, yeah. It's a game changer. But truthfully, I don't use any special tool. I use I have an iPhone and I use just the, the standard um, calendar that it has built into it. But yeah. I, I schedule things every day and I have the regular things. Like, I even have things like getting up in the morning. Wow. Like I have everything in there. So I, I think on average, I have 19 events in my calendar every day. But wow. it's not like go to the bathroom, get water. Like there's nothing like that. But it's <laughs> things I know I need to do because at the end of the day, I want to be a good steward of my time. Okay. All of us have a set number of days. See, I would look at that and think of it as like a to-do list. Does it feel that way in your no. mind or does it literally feel like I'm in control, I'm on time. It keeps, yes, it okay. keeps me in control because I have a lot of friends. I'm like, hey, you want to hang out this Saturday? And they're like, um, I get to go home and see if like I, I don't know if I committed to anything or not or like, I have to go check my wife. For me, it's all my calendar. If someone's like, you want to hang out tomorrow? I can look at right there and tell you. I have a window free. of two hours. Yes, exactly. Two I'm, hours. I'm able to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So you talk about having your entire day on your schedule so you know, you feel in control, you know what's going on. Let's talk about your morning routines. You said you have your wake up on there. That must be an important part of your day. Oh my gosh, yeah. This is actually a really popular topic in the world of podcasting. A lot of people like to listen to how how to like succeed in the morning. Because are you a morning person? Nope. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a night owl. Yes. I like to think I'm the same way. But I realized at one point in my life, I had to change. Like I needed to start getting up earlier. And Mm. a job I had ruined me. Because I had a job at one point. I started at 1030 in the morning. And it was kind of like... Yeah, that's I, nice. <laughs> it was like a uniform type job. So I always wore like their their gear or whatever. So and I, li- I lived like 10 minutes away from work. So I'm, nice. I'm not kidding. I'd wake up at like 10 and be like, all right, I'm going to if someone was after 10, I'd snooze a few times, you know, like yep. that was nice. And then I got into the real world and realized, oh, my gosh, like I actually have to get up and like, how can I do this? So I started studying morning routines. I wanted to figure out, OK, what do some of these people do? They're like running successful podcasts. I listened to tons of stuff. I mean, hmm. all kinds of things. I took the best of all of it, I believe. Okay. I even met with somebody here in town. He owns a bunch of those like sleep technology places where they're actually doing like research on people as they sleep. Oh, wow. And I asked him just some stuff about like sleep in general. How do I get better sleep? What do I do? And he gave me a lot of tips. So I've got a lot for you right here. But okay. I'm going to try to keep it as brief as possible. Break so it down so for it's us. Useful. So my actual morning routine, then I'll explain them. Okay. Uh, my morning routine itself, the first thing I do is my alarm is my phone. Technology again, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not next to my bed. Oh. I have to get out of bed to turn it off. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, you, <laughs> It's good for you. So it's it's away from my bed. So I have to get out of bed to grab my phone to turn it off. And then I immediately turn on the lights. Like the second I do that. And I say turn on the lights. I have a wife and she sleeps in a little bit more than I do because her job has okay. way cooler hours. You yeah, know? Yeah. So I walk into the next room. I turn on the lights right away. It's the first thing I do. Even though everything in my mind's like, don't turn on those lights. Do not turn on right. those lights. And I'm already like, feel like a zombie because I just got out of bed so I turn on, turn the lights, and I have a glass of water sitting right there. I drink it because eight ounces of water fires up your brain. Yeah. That's exactly what it does. You're waking up your body. Yeah. And then this is, here, you guys, you ready for this one? This is the big one. Okay. This is the one that has blown people's minds. I didn't learn it from anybody. I figured it out myself. Okay. 
smile. Ha! <laughs> it's so simple. So believe it or not, I actually threw away. I had my to-do list in the morning. Or my my morning routine has seven or eight items on it. Okay. And it used to have fifteen because I was just so bad at getting up. I had all these different techniques. I used to take an ice cold shower. Was the first thing I do. Turn on as cold as I could get. Ugh. Take an ice cold shower. Go straight into yoga. Anything to wake me up because I was I'm not a morning person. Yeah. But I made this discovery that because I was reading something about like laughter and things like that, what it does in the mind, how it energizes and smiling does the same thing. I make the goofiest, dumbest smiles you can ever see. But I'm not kidding you. Within 30 seconds, maybe a minute, let's say, you're wide awake, no matter if you're a morning yeah. person or not. So I, you're I, tricking your brain. I do this in the mirror. I just smile at myself. I just I look so ridiculous. But <laughs> I'm I, imagining Alex in front of a mirror, smiling goofily at himself. You're gonna have to do like a day in the life of in your stories. I, I want to see this. You part. will never see this. So, <laughs> no one ever will. No, but the truth is, I found that that worked better than taking a cold shower, better than than yoga, any of these other things that I was doing. What worked the best was standing in front of a mirror and smiling, looking like an idiot, okay. and get to the point where you actually like, laugh at yourself even. And then next thing you know, I'm wide awake. Yeah. So I am now a morning person. I have zero problem getting up in the morning as, as long as you I can. You cracked the code. That was that was a code for me. It's you are all everybody. welcome. Alex cracked the <laughs> non-morning person code without right? even having to drink coffee. You don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee, no. Whoa. The next thing I do, uh, I do a little bit of yoga stretching still, just briefly, less than five minutes, just to kind of get my, my blood flowing a little bit. And then I get dressed, I get ready to go. And then I do a little bit of, for me, really important is connecting with God. So a little bit of mm-hmm. meditation, just getting quiet. And then on the way out the door, I have a smoothie that I make every, actually the night before. So part of kind of close out this whole idea of a morning routine, it starts with what you do before your morning Mm. routine. So the night before I actually make my breakfast, I lay my clothes out. I go as far as backing my car in because I want to use as little brain power as possible when I'm waking up. So when I get to the office, I am fresh. I've not had to make any decisions because decision fatigue is real. If we're making too many in the morning, we just kind of stay tired all day because we've already use so much brain power. I've never heard of that before. Decision fatigue. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. The whole idea is just by the time I've gotten to work, I sit down, I've literally made zero decisions about my day. So like I sit down and someone asks me a question that's like a big question. I feel like I have a good answer. And I did this because at one point, I remember this day vaguely, it's a big aerospace company. I made a decision when I wasn't doing all this and I had already made a thousand decisions that day. Yeah. And I made a bad decision. I didn't get in trouble for it. It's, it comes with a job, but it costs, it was like half a million dollar mistake. Oh, and oh, again, it's just one of those things we just, yeah. I didn't even get talked to about it. It was nothing. But in my mind, I'm like that, that's wrong. That's me being irresponsible about my life. I wow. need to start being able to make better decisions. And it starts with this routine that I have and making as few decisions as possible that I don't need to make every day. Wow. So example, when I'm going to bed, I know what to wear in the morning, but the morning of like, you might stare at clothes and be like, does this even match? You know, you're like a zombie. <laughs> you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but if it's laid out, I'm ready to go. Yeah. It makes it way easier. Right. I agree. Yeah. I do some of the similar with the night before prep because of the same reason. Yeah. And actually, I often complain to my children when they're asking me to make decisions or asking me silly questions in the morning. I'm like, no questions. <laughs> no questions. I like None. that. <laughs> That's good. No talking before coffee. <laughs> Definitely do the coffee. That's good. Well, well, those are some really great ideas for morning rituals. You sound so disciplined. I like to think that I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a really important characteristic of those who are successful and yeah. that achieve. So r- wrapping this up, what are some practical ways that we can achieve more in our lives? Y- you seem to have been sharing some kind of mind-blowing things, but really applicable and simple things thus mm-hmm. far. I imagine you have some more great tips. Yeah. I think the the first thing that a lot of people, I hear this all the time. I'll, I'll speak in an event. I'll talk about setting goals. Every single time someone walks up to me is like, that was really good, but I'm not a goal person. 
And, you know, I, I always want to say this. I never have. I want to be like, can I see your license? <laughs> like, it doesn't say goal person or not goal person. Mine doesn't either. Like, like Oregon you're either somebody who's disciplined enough to set goals or not. And that's what it comes down to. And I think that everyone listening, if you're creating a brand of some sort, even if it's your own brand, set some goals. Mm-hmm. And they got to be specific to you. They can't just be like generic, like make X dollars or do this or do that. It's got to be build engagement. Like do a photo shoot that's going to help me get this type of engagement on social media. Actually Great. finish a product that I'm going to do by this date. I think a lot of us just want to go straight monetary with our goals. But the truth is, it's got to be so much smaller than that. You've got to look at the small piece. What can you do today to get closer to a bigger vision, bigger goal? So again, setting goals, it's so important. And then having routines and rituals in your life, it can't be underestimated. I have my morning routine. I actually have an afternoon routine as well and an evening routine. Nice. And those are three things I do every single day. And they can't be miscredited at all. Like they they are so important. They are a pillar in my life. Being able to do those things has helped me get to where I'm at. And I believe in those as well in this world that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times curveballs can be thrown at you all the time that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Your rituals and routines are the thing that provides a sense of security and safety and comfort. Right. You know, it keeps you stable and, and settled for the day. It creates right. boundaries. Yeah. You know? I think if there's one other thing I can tell everybody that is probably the most important thing, it's stay focused. We live in the most distracted time the world has mm-hmm. ever been in. There's distraction everywhere. And for some of us, We've talked about social media a bit. Let's just say that posting on Instagram is a big deal for you. You don't need to go back and check it every five minutes after that to see what's happening. You know, like you really don't. Right. Like maybe initially see if it's got some traction, but you don't need to go back every five minutes. And that that's distraction. It is. You could be using that time for something else. And for me, I find that when I actually, when I'm going to sit down and do a project, I'm going to work. People always, always tell me, Alex, how do you do so much in a single day? And the truth is I avoid distraction is the first thing I do. So I get as focused as I can. So when I'm going to sit down to do a writing project, I don't need my phone, right? I don't need that. I don't need any sort of, like there's all these things you don't need. I go through a list of a hundred different things. All I need is a computer with a notepad open on it, right? And that's all I need. So I'm even turning off social media. Everything is off and I'm going to focus for one hour and get this knocked out. You'd be surprised what you can do when there's no distraction in your life. But I agree. Do you need a warm up time? Like I find for myself when I finally sit down and all the rush and the routines mm-hmm. is over and I'm sitting down, I have, it's hard for me just to ju- jump straight into being productive. Like it, sometimes it I have to warm be. up with like some practice exercises or something, yeah, you know? So- sometimes I'll like, I'll take a break and I'll do like a workout in between. But other times I'll just kind of think of, okay, what's everything I want right now? Mm. I want to, like, this is just being real. I want to go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> I want to get some water. Uh-huh. I want to turn on this playlist of music. So I'll do all those things I'm thinking about before. So my mind is clear and yeah. then my mind is focused as well. My wife always laughs at me because I'll like even go like there was clothes on the bed. And I, it's like in the back of my mind. So I'll go like yeah. put them in the laundry. And she's like, yeah. what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting ready to write. I just got to make sure everything in my mind is, is clear. Yes. So it's a really big thing to be able to do. So that way, like when I am sitting there, I'm now focused. There's nothing else going on around me because I've already done. I'm like, all right, everything's done that I know I wanted to do. That's like bothering me in my mind. It's done. Now I can sit here and actually focus and get this done. That's an excellent way to avoid procrastination. Yeah. Well, these tips have been extremely helpful. I'm like making notes mentally. And also, I hope you have all these tips linked within the podcast information. For I sure. You, yeah. I know you will. Yes. One last question for those who are brand new and just getting started out. Okay. If you could give them one tip, what would that be? Be disciplined. Mm. Be disciplined. Be intentional with your time. I think a lot of us feel that we need to be comfortable in life. And it truly is an illusion. And I'd yeah. love to talk about that in their time. I've written many pieces on it, but comfort is actually bad for the human mind and body. 
but it's what it tells us it needs. Wow. So when we get comfortable, we don't want, we get in this relaxed state. And it's actually a very unproductive for the human body and mind. You've got to get there and be disciplined. The more uncomfortable you are, the further you're going to go in life. It's just like, think of any athlete when they're training. If they just went as far as their comfort level when they're like training, they would never be a professional athlete. They right. push themselves every day, every time. And that's what makes the big difference. And that's what causes them to become great. And all of us in our daily lives, we have to be disciplined. You have to be willing to have some days that weren't super fun. Like, yeah, it kind of someone said it this way. Embrace the suck. Like <laughs> Sometimes it, it's going to not be fun. It's going to suck. But you've got to be disciplined and keep on driving yourself forward because the future you is going to thank you. And then you'll yeah. realize one day, wow, I, I enjoy this a lot more than saying I just watched eight hours of TV. Like, yeah. This was more this was better than that. More productive. I totally agree. I have preached that to my teenage sisters and and also to some of my followers as well. Any kind of character quality like discipline, honesty, you name it, they're all muscles that we have mm-hmm. to build. And in order to build a muscle, you have to stretch it and it's uncomfortable and you have to go to exhaustion in order to get better. Right. And it is hard, but it makes you better at what you're doing, makes you stronger, and it helps you know what you're made of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and we don't always succeed at pushing ourselves or getting to oh, exhaustion. Of course not. But of course, we'll never know our capacity to succeed. Yeah, get up and do your best every day. Scary things. Yeah, do the scary things. Get up and just do your best every day. Yeah, I heard one actor say she she wouldn't accept any role unless it scared her. Oh wow, she used some other language in there, but okay, we'll yeah, keep yeah. it clean. Thank uh, you. But unless it scared her, and I I thought I'm going to take that with me. Mm-hmm. You That's know? great. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling us more of your story, Alex. And Absolutely. I'm always I'm getting to know you more and more every time we chat. And I'm sure that as we continue this journey, we will be learning more about what makes you tick and what makes you successful. Absolutely. I was very happy to be here. Thanks for joining us. And for those of you who are part of our community, stick around. Alex has a special nugget just for you. I'll tell you what, I thoroughly enjoyed being interviewed by Amy West in this first episode. Amy, thank you so much for being willing to interview me and keep me on track for those 45 minutes or so. I really appreciate it, and I know the audience does as well. So for everyone who just listened to this episode, instead of me giving you a quick recap, I want to challenge you. Get ready. I've got a challenge for you here. I want you to take the top one or two things that you pulled from this episode that you would say were the most valuable for you, and I want you to actually implement them or achieve them. Now, what I mean by that is we've got to be willing to take our minds away from the old thinking, the old mentality of being like, oh, what Alex said was really cool in that episode, or oh, I should try that at some point. We've got to go away from that because that keeps us in dreamland. We're dreamers long we're doing that. And if we want to go to high achiever, we've got to be willing to put it in our calendar, to write it down somewhere, to keep it in front of us on an ongoing basis, and to incorporate some form of accountability. Somebody's got to remind you that you said you were going to do this. So again, pull your top one or two things, whichever you think would be most beneficial to you, and begin implementing them or achieving them. When you do this, you're going to live a more fulfilled and successful life because of it. Everything in your life will excel and go further because you're willing to implement these things. And I'm not saying that because I've achieve some sort of great wisdom or knowledge from these things. Truthfully, I learned everything that I shared in that episode with you from somebody far more successful than me. And it was a whole group of people through books, through different motivational speeches, through different curriculums I've done, conferences I've attended. I've learned this stuff from people that are really going places in life. And I believe that that's where I'm called to be as well. So because I've implemented these things and I've achieved them, 
And I believe if you do the same thing, we're all going that same journey together. So again, I want to challenge you. Take the top one or two things, and I believe it's really going to help you excel your life forward. That's probably not what you expected at the end of this episode, but I really believe this is going to make an impact on your life. So I wanted to challenge you with that. Now, kind of shifting gears here, I'm super excited about the rest of this first season. We've got some great guests coming up, some very wise people that are just pouring their hearts out, sharing their wisdom with us. It's really going to help us personally and in the area of creating a brand. So I'm so excited and thankful to all the guests coming up, and I believe it's really going to add value to your life. If you wanted show notes from today's episode, you can go to creatingabrandpodcast.com. Just launched it, and this will be the one episode that's up there right now, but we'll have every episode moving forward on there as well where you can download the notes or re-listen or share the episode. So thank you again for listening to the Creating a Brand Podcast. I'm looking forward to being back with you next week.